T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We talk a lot about the struggle that we have with school bus drivers and the bad behavior of kids on school buses. That is not the point of this proposal that we're gonna talk about is to get kids to behavior, uh, behave better. The point of this proposal is to give kids another outlet or time to do their homework. But I kind of wonder if both things will end up being true. Yeah, I, I think without a doubt, what we're talking about is that the FCC and they're, they're doing two things here, which I think is important to mention. They're they're talking about this proposal to allow Wi-Fi on school buses, but they're also they're doing that in a way that would attempt to secure some funding for it, so that federal money can go to local school districts, so that they can pay for Wi-Fi on school buses. My problem with this is let's call it what it is. But they can't because if they do, the funding won't happen. In order, in order for the funding to happen, they have to do exactly what you said. They have to convince everybody this is for educational purposes. This is for the kids who want to do their homework on the bus before they get home or do that last-minute bit of studying before they get to school. I think we all know better. What do you think the real reason is? Electronic babysitter. This is to do exactly what what you alluded to. This is to make sure, okay, well, gee, we can't keep kids in their seats on the bus and they're a pain in the butt and we can't get new bus drivers because kids are a pain in the butt. So let's put Wi-Fi on the buses so that they can play games, watch TikTok, uh, you know, go to YouTube or whatever it is so that they can entertain themselves so that they'll be a little more docile on the bus ride. So I sort of am okay with either one of those being true. Um. As long as, so I ask, where's the money coming from? I mean, I ask, where's the yeah. federal money coming from? And I'm not anxious to get into the politics of this. That's not why um, I thought it was interesting. But but the two reasons that you mentioned, I think are interesting if it accomplishes one or the other, because not every kid has Wi-Fi at home and increasingly schools rely on kids having computer access at home and Wi-Fi access to do homework and for parents to check grades and all that kind of stuff. I have questions about having one more way for kids to be on devices in ways that are gonna get into areas that are not being monitored mm -hmm. and protected. What device are they using? Where are they gonna be able to go <laughs> online on that bus that they're gonna show to other kids? And what do you censor? I mean, do, right. do you have it locked down the same way that they generally try to anyway, although there's ways around it as kids are not dumb. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they generally try to have school computers pretty locked down as well. So what kind of traffic do you allow that Wi-Fi to be able to 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 broadcast to all of the kids on board that bus? So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think 
the, the one thing, if you if you look at why, it may be twofold. Not only mm. are we talking about the problem, you know, the behavior problems on buses, but I think opinions changed. I mean, remember 2017, 2018, 2019, before the world collapsed, um, <laughs> that, that the big villain was screen time. I mean, Newsweek and Time and, you know, USA Today, we're mm-hmm. all doing these articles about kids' screen time is increasing and they're getting dumber because of it. And then all of a sudden the pandemic happened and, and we relied on screen time for them to be able to get any education at all. So maybe they're kind of striking while the iron is hot. How do we feel about this? 913-586-7798. Again, we're looking at two reasons. Um, think about the shortage of bus drivers. Think about a big reason behind that being kids are a pain in the neck on school buses. And and to John's point, you are really talking about like medicating with screen time. You're talking about just putting a screen in front of them and saying, here, do this instead of being a total brat. Maybe that's worth a moment of discussion. There's also the idea that um, do kids necessarily need Wi-Fi to be able to do homework? (laughs) You know, like, so is that even... If they have Wi-Fi, will they do their homework, maybe is the question. Well, yeah, because if we're talking about kids who are on the school bus who, you know, at the high school level, most of those kids are going to have cell phones out anyway. Now, mm-hmm. I, I say that, and I don't know the answer to this. So if you're a parent or if you're a school bus driver, are kids allowed to do that now? I mean, can they use their own, not Wi-Fi, obviously, because they don't have that yet, but can they use their own 5G plan or 4G plan or whatever to to use the cell phones on the bus, or do bus drivers try to discourage that? That's a good question. I also wonder, um, are kids, my suspicion about this is that kids are more likely to do their homework on the way to school than on the way home from school. Because you're gonna have, that's what we did. There were the kids that didn't finish stuff the night before that said, oh, I have a 30 minute bus ride. You know, I'll, I'll just hurry up and finish it on the way to school instead. My suspicion also is that kids are rowdier on the way home than on the way to school. They've just had a, a long day at school and now they're getting all this energy out. And so the time of day that you need them to be doing homework using Wi-Fi the most is not when they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it on their way to school when they're calmer anyway. Sure, uh, so yeah, in the afternoons, is it really gonna stop anything from happening? I mean, I, the idea that you're gonna have 35 or 40 kids on a school bus all looking down and doing their homework on their tablets on their way uh-huh. home from school, I mean, that's, that's, that's fantasy. But maybe they're all on their tablets or phones playing video games. And maybe that's okay. Maybe it's, I, we sort of have to look at like, what's the lesser of the evils here? Sure. Like, maybe that's okay if some of them also do that. But with the cell plans that are already out there, I mean, do they, are, are we being redundant? Are we giving access to something that they're already going to have access to and just making it a little bit easier and putting it on the public dime? That's a really good question, too. Somebody just said put interactive TVs on the buses. Yeah, we're starting to look at them like airplanes. Should we put like entertainment systems in the back of the seats of buses <laughs> right. for kids to plug into? Make that jet blue experience on the school bus. Um, yeah, I, I mean, th- there's all kinds of things you could do, but is it just more of a distraction than anything else? And and to your point, Jamie, is that necessarily a bad? If, yeah. if all it ever is used for, and it won't be, I mean, some kids actually do like doing their homework, weirdos. That uh, kidding. Uh, that you know is is all if if it is just a distraction for 90 percent of the kids okay if it keeps them out of the bus driver's hair great right to the texter who just said facetiously is the wi-fi on buses why don't they install air conditioning at the same time (laughs) well yeah actually yeah (laughs) 
that's a reason that some bus drivers, in fact, the last conversation we had about this, we had a couple that called and said, there is no air conditioning on these buses. It gets hot on the buses. And that's part of the reason bus drivers don't want to do it. I think you were being sarcastic. I think that's a reason they actually give. But yeah, right. It is a real point to be made. Let's see what Ashley's thinking about. She's in Andover today. Hey, Ashley. Hey, guys. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. I would rather have the air conditioning on the buses. But how many of these kids have phones that can be turned into hotspots at any time? I mean, if right. they want to get on the Internet, they can get on the Internet. I don't see a big deal with it. I, I don't know that that's going to keep them in their seats because who's going to be jumping seats going, hey, Jimmy, look at this or, <laughs> you know, whatever. But these kids already have access to the Internet. I don't think it's a big deal. Let's be more concerned about things that are going to keep them safe, like air conditioning and maybe make bus drivers and kids more comfortable on the way to and from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, thanks, Ashley. I was thinking about it on the individual level with having cell plans to take care of all of that. But she's right. I mean, if you've got five kids on the bus who don't have a cell plan, well, then she's right. Little Jimmy can just open up his Wi-Fi hotspot and give Internet to all of them. That's already well, there. So you got me thinking then about if we're going to if we're going to take the root of equality for a second so that every kid has access to Wi-Fi so they can do their homework. You then have to make sure every kid has the device yeah. to do it. And not every kid is going to. Unless, now, we're also getting to a point where schools now issue those devices a lot of the time. And so kids have the school-issued ones. But if they don't, what are you going to give them? And then you're going to give those devices to only the kids that need it, not all kids. Then we're getting into more money. It, somebody just texted in and said, uh, my wife drives a school bus in Lawrence and their buses have AC. Well, fancy, well, fancy, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and tell her to enjoy that on our behalf. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe our bus drivers are going to Lawrence instead because they have the AC and we don't. Um, yeah, I guess I'm sort of okay with either reason. I, if it accomplishes kids being less rowdy on the bus, fine. If kids also accomplish some homework, fine. As long as we can um accomplish the safety part now as a lot of you saying the new challenge on tiktok is going to be destroy the screen right i fine if right if they put screens in there that are uh, like the jet blue screens yeah then mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah those things aren't going to last very long either uh, unless you really secure them but that's going to make them less interactive too but again if they have the devices already if they destroy them that's something i mean their parents have signed paperwork like if you destroy the device you're on the hook for that with the school yeah mom and dad pay for it to be yeah. sure yeah there's there's ways around all of it but just in general is it the kind of thing that you think would be um a, a at least at some level an educational pursuit to just allow for that to be there for kids who don't have access to i mean somebody on the, somebody else on the text line said this would be great for kids who don't have internet at home yeah um and, and again we don't think about that because it seems like such a, a necessity but there are plenty of families who just can't afford that 70 bucks a month my bus ride was an hour on my way home from school every day because my my high school was like 20 miles from my house mm -hmm. So that was an hour where sometimes if I had a lot of homework, I did it on the bus on the way home because it was an hour. I mean, I'll, I had all this time. I just wanted to get over with. So I think there would be kids, even though we mock them, that would just take that time to get it done. Yeah. 
Uh, it's I unfortunately have very little experience. I went to mostly private school and we didn't have buses. So, uh, but, but my kids did, and uh, yeah, they were in that same boat. Sure, I mean they spent their entire time, even though they weren't on the bus that long, they were only about a mile and a half away from school. That uh, that's what they did. Uh, you know, all of them were on their phones, the same way they're on their phones when they're not on the bus. Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Let's talk to Chuck next up in Casey. Hello, Chuck. Yeah. Hey. Uh, good to hear you guys. I'm sitting here thinking about this, and, you know, it all boils down to lack of discipline in the family. Uh, the kids don't get disciplined at home. They tell their parents what they want to do and what they're going to do, and the parents let it happen. And that bleeds over into everything in life. Uh, the Internet thing, playing games on the Internet, I know I've got a grandson that when he gets on the Internet playing games, he gets real rowdy and loud. And I don't think you want that on the bus. But I think it all boils down to having to have discipline at home to have discipline everywhere else. So, Chuck, how do you fix it? Pardon me? It, it has to do with getting the parents to basically pull their head out and teach <laughs> their children what they need to know. How do you, how do you get them parents, to do that, though? Well, that's a good question. You have to start holding the parents accountable for starters, and that's what we don't do as a society anymore. I think what we're realizing is it's a lot harder than people think. Well, I know my kids behaved when they was on the bus. So, I mean, it's... It all has to do with the parents making them do what they're supposed to do and taking care of business. All right, Chuck, thanks a lot for the call. But you're right. I mean, it's, it's fine to say that if you don't have a plan to get that done. Then it doesn't really get us anywhere. All it all it is at that point is just you know crabbing about stuff he can't fix. If you have thoughts here, nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. We'll get to more of your comments. Still to come this hour, we will go to St. Louis, where they are thinking about making a change that would allow homeless people to do something that right now no one is allowed to do, at least without something on the record. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. So the FCC is considering a proposal that for starters would allow Wi-Fi to go into school buses, but also would change the law a little bit so that federal funding could pay for it. Yeah, and and they are, uh, as we suspected, uh, you looked a little bit deeper into this, and they are talking about the, the same kind of uh, content locks if you use the school school bus Wi-Fi as the schools have. So it's not just going to be a free-for-all. You're not going to see kids going on porn sites and things like that. Those would presumably be blocked. However, uh, I mean, if you lock it down to the point where it's only educational stuff that they let you see on the bus, nobody's going to use it. We'll go to Marilyn in Topeka and see what she's thinking about this. Hey, Marilyn. Marilyn. Marilyn, you with us? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yes. Oh, there she is. Hi, Marilyn. Uh, yeah, go ahead and listen on your phone. Turn your radio down for us. Okay. What's on your mind? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Marilyn? I, I don't think Marilyn's getting it. <laughs> Sorry about that, Marilyn. Yeah, you, when you call in, you have to shut your radio off and listen on the phone because uh, otherwise you're going to end up seven seconds behind and very confused. <laughs> seven or eight seconds later, you're going to hear <laughs> what you thought you were hearing and then not realize what's going on there. Um, we can talk for a second about the it's parents' fault <laughs> and how do you get parents to be more responsible for their kids' behavior because I'm playing... Um, 
devil's advocate a little bit with a couple of people on the text line who say, well, take away their rights, take away their privileges, force them to be. I just ask, how do you force parents to be better parents? And how do you do it now? Well, I also think, just to go take a little sidetrack from that, that um, I think parenting is like driving. Everybody thinks they're awesome and everybody else <laughs> sucks. That, that, you know, it, it's the lazy excuse of, well, parents are terrible. No, most parents aren't. Most parents are actually pretty good. But, um, yeah, and, and just because somebody's a good parent doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have great kids. I mean, some kids are just awful. So I, I think it's, like I said, it's kind of a lazy man's way out to say, oh, it's, it's all these terrible parents that are out there. Uh, okay, that, that may be a part of the problem, but it's a much bigger problem than that. And just to, because a kid has a discipline problem doesn't mean necessarily that his parents are awful. So if this is a, a solution in the making, even if it is just, uh, again, kind of a lazy man's solution to sit him in front of the electronic babysitter, just like our parents did sitting us in front of the TV, if it works, it's going to be hard to argue with, especially when you're talking about competing for drivers. Yeah, and you just have some kids where I, there's sometimes where I just say this, sometimes an eight-year-old is just going to be an eight-year-old. And sometimes they are just naturally kind of with a lot of energy at that time of sure. day. And I don't know what you do about that. I don't know how you keep them to be contained more. Especially when at 3 o'clock they're excited because they don't have to be in school anymore that day. Right. Yeah. Right. Let's go to Diane and Leavenworth and see what she's thinking. Hey, Diane. I'm telling you what, kiddo. Let me tell you. There was nine of us kids in our household. These kids nowadays, all their little mom and daddies think they're precious little sweethearts, <laughs> don't do a daggum thing wrong, and they act up so bad, and it wouldn't hurt them to get a swat on their butts and pick them feet up off the floor. And if there's a difference between child abuse and a little bit of tender loving care. And uh, if the parents can't control them or... or or quit giving them every daggum thing they want just to act up. They need to make a program up for these younger outfits and take them all and let them all go to school and find out what it's like to pay your dues. Which involves what? Well, if they don't, if they don't think they can't take care of them babies and make them mind and quit coddling them, they need to do some kind of a program to teach them, you know, these young parents or, you know, or their kids are acting up. There's no sense in, in trying to, oh, what, restrict them because that doesn't work. They can get away with anything while you're gone. Yeah. You know, yeah, they've, they got to, they've got to be able to learn from the get-go that they're not going to get everything given to them. And, and they can get in trouble for their actions. Okay. All right. Uh, Diane, thanks. You know, I, I think it is funny that there, there are not a lot of options out there for young parents to do that. I mean, the only organization that I know of that has parenting classes is the Catholic Church. <laughs> you know, uh, they have marriage classes, they have parenting classes. I'm sure lots of churches probably do the same thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you were looking at having kids and you wanted to have that laid out to you, chances are your parenting style in some respect either mirrors or rebels against the way that your parents did it. Yeah, unless you, I mean, you can read books and read studies about, 
you know, how to handle certain behaviors and how, but you're right. A lot of it is just preference. A lot of it is what kind of parent are you and how tough do you want to be and how, um, how hands-on do you want to be or not? Yeah, it's just trial and error and guesswork. It's, okay, well, let's see if this works. And, and you just keep trying over and over again. But uh, you know, if, if you get to the point where they're five and six years old and you haven't figured it out yet, uh, you got problems. And they're going to be problems that are going to last for a long time. Let's get another call on here before we take a break. Phone lines are ringing. Kelsey, next up in Kansas City. Hello, Kelsey. Hi. What's so I mind? definitely have some thoughts on this. Um, I'm a young younger parents than who's probably calling in right now. I have two kids, um, one being a toddler. And I think something that's not being spoken about is just establishing boundaries at a really young age. So when we go out to dinner with our toddler, who's two and a half, we already talk about like, this is the way it's going to be. You know, you can't act up, you can't do this. And I think with parenting, that's really lost. And we just put them in front of screens now. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, there's no right way to parent, but I think what's lost on a lot of parents in my generation is it's easier to just give them a screen to, A, let your kid be able to fit in. And so the kids on the bus who don't have screens aren't going to fit in. But I also think kids who have screens just might have less boundaries at home with parental I hate to say discipline, but yeah, more ju- or less a lack of boundaries. Just because a kid is quiet, just because you found a way to keep a kid quiet, doesn't mean you've taught them anything. And and by mm-hmm. the way, let me applaud you for talking to a two and a half year old. I mean, it's it seems like such a simple thing, but yeah, I, that's what they need is they need to they, to understand not only what the rules are, but why. Not to bash the the older people who are calling in, but you you can't beat your kids. You can't just say it's the parents' fault, but. I think parental education really comes down to parents relearning boundaries with yeah. this generation of kids. We've never, you know, parents have never parented kids who had so much access to screens. Sure. And, 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 and when it's you a hear huge learning curve. Right. And when you hear people say you can't reason with a two year old, that's of somebody yeah. who's never tried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times we lose. <laughs> but he's at least learning and so what are the boundaries you. are. And we found the hills that we die on and it's in its polite manners. Right. And I think that trickles over to kids eight, nine, twelve on the school bus. Like, are their parents saying, Hey, you're riding the bus, this is what the rules need to be and if you mess up, like, I'm gonna find out or we you know, I don't know. It's just it's relearning boundaries of this generation of kids, which no one knows how to parent right now. Well, and as as much as your kid, kid, and eventually probably kids are learning, so are you. So yeah, I mean that that's how it really ought to go. Kelsey, wonderful stuff. Thank you. Uh huh. Thanks, Thanks for getting Kelsey. It. Uh, we have callers on hold. Give us a couple minutes. We'll get back with your calls next on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, it's evolving into a conversation about how to get kids to be less bratty on school buses. Uh, We started with, is Wi-Fi the way to do it? Because then it would also close that homeless gap. I'm okay with it becoming a conversation about how to control kids' behavior on school buses. <laughs> yeah, really, it started out with Wi-Fi. I don't know how we got here exactly, but uh, yeah, let's go to Overland Park where uh, Kaya is it Kaya or Kia? I'm sorry. Uh, Kia. Kia. Okay, it's it's all yours. What's on your mind? So, for me, um, I just I cannot get into the argument that it's the kids' fault that they're behaving the the way that they do. When I was a child, I'm 45 now, but when I was a child, um, adults were not misbehaving everywhere you look the way that it is. Like kids can't even get on a plane now without witnessing grown adults, people who are much older than me in some cases, having complete meltdowns and temper tantrums, just um, public transportation. Like, we're in an age where people are being banned for life from airplanes, but somehow we expect the children not to pick up this type of behavior. Make that make sense to me. I I really believe that kids will learn how to act um, in a more civil way when they see adults are actually modeling that behavior across society instead of whatever this aggression is that we've been having where adults are back at toddler-type behavior again. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have kids of your own? Yes, I do. A- at what level, if I may ask? Like uh, I have all the way from grown adults to my <laughs> youngest, who is eight. Wow. Okay. Um, so great. So you've got plenty of experience with all of this. How did you pattern? Because we, as, as I was talking about it, we actually got a text from somebody who said there is, uh, through the school district, through the school districts in the Kansas City area, there actually are uh, home visit type parenting courses that you can take if you want to. How did you? Yes. How did you model your parenting style? So first things first. Um, my husband and I were in the military when we started our family. So we took uh, parenting courses through the military, which was absolutely free to us. And you just went um, uh, to the, I guess, the medical area or where they do childbirth and all of that. And there is a wealth of classes all the way down to Lamaze for you to learn what you need to learn. They will even give you a breastfeeding nurse, and this is all covered by the government. So I know, yes, we had a little bit of a support system there, but there is 
no way that civilian world doesn't mirror these types of services and programs. I think it's just a matter of looking for them. Yeah, I want to draw a line, be it a fine one, between child care classes and parenting classes. Because I think there is some very objective knowledge to be had about how to care for a child, how to do basic needs, how to keep them alive, safety, all of that kind of stuff. I think parenting is much more subjective. That's much more, because don't most of us know like that our kids shouldn't be jerks? And, and like the way to stop them from being jerks is to pay attention and then be aware of that behavior. But I think, doesn't a lot of it just come down to the choices that you make as a parent? Yes, I definitely agree with that. And yes, so the program, one of the programs that I know has to exist outside of military bases is parents as teachers. There's no way that this isn't a, a civilian program. Um, and it, it generally just exactly what you said, not only does it, um, teach parents how to parent, but then it also takes it a step further. How do you teach your child? And you're going to have to have those basic, um, child care like or parenting skills in order to teach your child because you can sure. sit there and talk to them until you're blue in the face. But if you don't have strategy or any of these basics that the programs teach, then you're just going to talk at your child instead of interacting with your child like you should. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, Kia, yeah. Kia, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, as we were talking before the bottom of the hour about reasoning with kids uh, and how many people just figure that you can't, especially younger kids. Mm-hmm. You think about all the things that used to irritate us when our parents said them. Why do I have to do this? <laughs> because mm-hmm. I said so is right. the worst answer you could possibly give. There are reasons. I mean, there's reasons for every rule. And uh, I, I will credit, as I have so many times in the past, my dad, who, if I ask him, how come he would tell me and sometimes it took a while, <laughs> you know, and I'd have to sit there and listen to it. But I asked, so I wanted to know. And he would sit down and lay it out because you're going to end up dead if you don't. You know, <laughs> it, it, you're, you're doing something that's really dangerous. And if you keep that up, eventually you're going to end up broken. OK, I get that. And, and if you start that when they're two, if you keep those open lines of communication, then it's going to do nothing but build that kind of rapport over time and and make the experience better for you and them. They're not always going to be happy about it. But if you if you get them to understand it, then mm-hmm. you've won half the battle. I feel like this is about laziness. I feel like this is about everything you described, John, is harder than just because I said so. Um, I have fr- several friends right now who have kids and we're, we're working our way, our way through like ADHD and that kind of stuff. And, and because you react to that kind of thing differently. And a lot of what that requires is teaching kids to understand why they do things like this thing that you just did and this acting out that you just did do you understand how that made me feel and if you understand that that made me feel bad maybe you won't do it next time 
But that requires a, a conversation every time they act out so that you're consistent about it. And that's hard. And it requires being really, really hands-on as a parent. And not every parent has it in them to do it. Sure. And and I guess, <laughs> well, it, it just, it takes work. It takes planning. It takes thought. I think every parent does kind of have it in them. They just decide not to. There's shortcuts out there. And when I say they, I'm not saying all parents, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's that small minority that, that falls down on the job as far as that's concerned, because you're right. It is much easier to say because I'm the parent, you're the kid. And I said so. Uh, but it just it doesn't get you anywhere. And, it, and to me, it shuts off dialogue rather than continuing it. I didn't intend for this to become a how do you parent conversation. <laughs> I'm glad it did, though. I mean, yeah, me this too. has been great. Me too. I think it's more interesting and more insightful and more thoughtful than just it's the parents' fault. So if you want to get in here, 913-586-6798. Uh, still to come this hour, uh, we apparently still need a reminder that Puerto Rico is a part of the U.S., that it's a territory of ours to the point that driver's license are changing. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. You know, geography is hard, and <laughs> residents of Puerto Rico have had so many problems with government agencies or or airlines looking at you spirit understanding that they are residents of the u.s because puerto rico is a u.s territory that they're going to make a change to their driver's license yeah (laughs) it's ridiculous Uh, now it should be noted for the record here is is missouri finally on board with real id i know i don't think we're there yet no i think we're still in that grace period where you don't have to have it yet yeah they had to they, i knew they had to file an extension and i couldn't remember kansas has had real id for a couple of years now which mm-hmm. which should be extra embarrassing for missouri but whatever uh puerto rico also one of the early adopters and has real id you get the little gold star on your driver's license if you get a driver's license in puerto rico mm-hmm. so they're actually ahead of the game on a lot of this stuff but what they've realized is after several incidents, including one on an airline not all that long ago, like you mentioned, uh, that there are still people who don't understand that Puerto Rico is part of the United States. So they've added USA after Puerto Rico. It's under the little star, under the real ID star. So it says, you know, it's a Puerto Rican driver's license. It says Puerto Rico and then USA. It's like, remember, this, this counts. It's still part of the country. Will that do it? I hope so. Well, Will that? Well, no, but but yes, I hope it does. It's um, it really is kind of kind of um, just humorous that they have so many problems with a basic fact of U.S. history and geography that they have to change the format of their driver's license so that they can show it to someone and say, no, 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 it, it says USA right there. I'm, I, we're, we're part of the US, see, yeah. it's, it's official and all. I can see somebody like trying to scratch it off going, you wrote that on there, didn't you? <laughs> right? I know you put that there. Um, Yeah, it's, I, I ho- okay. It, it just, do they just laugh at us constantly? I, I think, you know, I, I wonder if this is the reason why American Samoa is called American Samoa. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Did, did, did I the Samoans just get sick of dealing with it, too? Yeah, because isn't there American Samoa and then Samoa is separate? I, oh, boy. I believe now, there's both. Now you're asking me a geography question. I don't know. I yeah, you is. may be right. Uh, but, but yeah, just to make sure, like they could have called it, uh, well, like Ireland is the Republic of Ireland and then Northern Ireland. And so, yeah. Uh, 
uh, yeah, the, the whole thing's a mess, but they had to put American in there so that we would know, okay, you count. You don't get to vote, but you count. Well, and, and I'm trying to think of where this is going to matter the most. Um, quite frankly, I keep coming back to if they're trying to um, board airplanes. I keep coming back to whether they need a passport to go to a place or not. And that this is going to show, like, where is it, where does it come into play the most for them to be able to prove, yes, we're a U.S. territory? Uh, yeah, and I, th- uh, I think that's probably it. I think it's going to be air- airplane flights. Um, yeah, because anything that you have to do officially... And again, you're going to need to vote either. But still, anything that you're going to do officially, you would do presumably on the island. Right. You know what I mean? So they would already know. The government offices there, I think, are pretty sure that they're part of America. Or they already have a passport because they, in fact, do need it. Yes. Because they're in a different country, and, in fact, they do need it to show where they're from. And it would be, yeah, the same U.S. passport that anybody has. So, yeah, it's it's ridiculous that they have to do this. But, I mean, all they're trying to do is save each other and everybody there the headache of having to explain to somebody, yes, this is part of the United States. Yes. Okay. Then we move to Chicago for this next story, which could happen anywhere that has a tall building, but is happening a lot in particular in Chicago right now at McCormick Place because birds are migrating and you have some really big buildings in the way. Have, do you know McCormick Place? Because I I, I don't. What does it look like from the outside? How big a building are we talking about? Massive, big, black, mirrored building. Okay. And I think the mirrored part is important. Yes. Well, because it's it's, it's like a convention center thing, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, And and because it is that mirrored glass on all sides, I mean, I'm assuming it's it's probably really, you know, a nice looking building. Yeah, but to- it's and it's sprawling. In fact, I know it to be. I'm surprised this is where this is happening more because it's not the tallest building by any means. Yeah, in oh, Chicago. Yeah, there's a few tall buildings there. Yeah. last time I remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's largely covered with glass. The largest convention center in North America, which I did not know until a couple of minutes ago. So the problem that they're having is these migratory birds are whacking themselves against the side of the building and dying in massive numbers. They said on Thursday, the 5th of October, that as these birds were migrating south to their wintering grounds, that there were millions of them in the skies over Chicago. And in just one 24-hour period, in just this one building in McCormick Place, a 1,000 birds smacked into the side of the building and died. Who was this that said? Um, Brendan Samuels, who teaches at the University of Western Ontario, said the true extent of affected birds will unravel over the next couple of days as people continue to pick up birds around downtown Chicago. <laughs> I, I mean, I laugh. It, it's it's tragic, right? I mean, it, to see a yeah. thousand birds in a 24-hour period just thunk, thunk, thunk. <laughs> you'd figure that after the first few whacked into the side of the building, the other ones like behind them would notice and go, hey, maybe we should turn right here instead of continuing to fly forward. But it's a bunch of different kinds of birds. Tennessee warblers, hermit uh-huh. thrush, uh, American woodcocks and other varieties of songbirds were all recovered. They estimate uh, one and a half million birds were in the air over Cook County on Thursday, and a thousand of them at least hit the side of this one building and all perished. They all broke their necks. So what the expert said is that weather conditions sometimes make this worse because visibility, fog and rain and wind, which Chicago is known to have. Sure. Um, and, and so that makes it more difficult for them to see where they're going, along with light pollutions that draw them in and trap them among deadly structures. 
I have a couple of half serious questions about this. Number one, um, like, is it that bad? Like, is is losing a thousand? Per, is that out of one and a half million? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, see, that, I see why you're asking. I'm, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but is that a that, big loss? Right, it, it, because that means one point four nine nine million of them didn't hit McCormick Center. It was yeah. a thousand birds. But I mean, if it's making a significant enough dent, they're going to want to do something about it. If for no other reason, and I know this sounds crass, but so be it. Then the mess. Which is something I wondered about too. I, I doubt that they are going to hit hard enough to break a window. Probably not. Probably not. And they're not big birds either. To the point that they're not going to hurt somebody on the ground. Probably. Probably not. That's not going to happen. But nonetheless, I guarantee you, somebody at McCormick Place has the job now of figuring out what to do next year so that this doesn't happen as much because you know it's only going to be a couple you know maybe a week you yeah. know the migratory patterns and you know when the birds are coming so yeah if you've got to do something like put special covers over some of the windows or whatever or or something else it can be up for a week and then you take it back down and we'll see you next year um to, to the person on the text line who said did this just now become a problem yeah i, I know what you mean there's been big buildings in chicago forever uh -huh. but as jamie said i mean there are some things that can happen that will make it worse on a year-to-year -year basis but they, yeah even somebody that they as a brian lens of the american bird conservancy that they interviewed for this article said anywhere you've got glass you're gonna have birds hitting windows and we've had it happen in the house so the other thing that i think is interesting is that the way to reduce this the most is to turn the lights off on the big skyscrapers in chicago it's light pollution mm -hmm. that attracts them the most and chicago's on that pattern so chicago's the biggest risk you're never going to get the city of Chicago to turn off lights on the skyscrapers, in part because you need them for visibility for airplanes and stuff like that. Sure. But also because it makes Chicago what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about it, uh, because we're only talking about light pollution at night, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're going to tell the Chicago theater to shut that marquee off at night for a week? No. Or Willis Tower or the Hancock <laughs> building or... Yeah. I mean, the skyline is what makes Chicago Chicago in a lot of ways. Yeah. You're not going to turn the lights off on those buildings. It's just never going to, you're going to take the risk with the birds instead and yeah. say, oh, oh, well. And just, yeah, send the, uh, the cleaning crews out there twice a year, once in the fall, once in the spring with a bunch of uh, buckets and, and, and brooms and things like that to try to clean up all the birds. But it's just, I, I get why they don't want to have that happen. It's not, it's not great for tourism either, you know, to have to step over right. a thousand bird carcasses while you're walking around downtown Chicago. Happy lunch hour, everyone. <laughs> You're welcome for that one. All right. Uh, coming up in the next hour, we will go to the story out of St. Louis, a proposal that would give homeless people an exception to a law that applies to the rest of us. We'll get to this coming up here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t oh, 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 For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.